Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. What's up? It's your boy, Chad, right back here, right in the driver's seat of the Life, Love, and Hustle podcast. And I've got two very special young men. I call them young men here in the studio today. Uh, I want to bring in two of my favorite guys on the planet. I've known them for a long time. Uh, but somehow I've aged and they haven't. Uh, they are the they are the uh, the co-founders and owners of the fantastic Warehouse Cinemas, which is um, a small but mighty uh, cinema cinema company based right here in Western Maryland. They have three locations in Baltimore, Frederick, and uh, of course, good old Hagerstown, Maryland. Really great story. Um, started the business during the pandemic uh not just only have they survived but they have thrived and they have actually gained quite a bit of influence um surprising influence in the industry in the word world of hollywood so i'm really happy to have you guys here welcome to the show thanks chad good to be here yeah appreciate it. yeah so master rich Dodge and master greg mills uh known you guys for a long time Watched you guys from afar and uh, seen your growth and progress. And I'm amazed, man, of what you guys have managed to do. So introduce yourselves for people who don't know who you are yet. Greg. <laughs> Rich is pointing at me. So my name is Greg Mills, uh, co-founder and COO of Warehouse Cinemas. I'm the left brain part of this business. Um, family guy. I've uh, got a beautiful wife and uh two amazing kids and uh also a man of faith a christian so yeah uh rich daughtridge uh right brain i guess we should say here uh co-founder and ceo of warehouse cinemas also a family man um i have two kids in college now which is crazy and wow. uh, one's a junior and, and uh high school and um and yeah, I'm married to my high school sweet sweetheart, um, and um, enjoying life. That's great, man. So uh, I remember I can't even remember how I first met you, Rich. I think I met you first, and then I met Greg. Um, I met you, I think, through another friend, um, because uh, I know you were a big soccer superstar for a long time. I remember you were a soccer star for for a uh, for a minute, and uh, I and I. You were downtown, and um, with your with your first company, High Rock Media, I remember that. Uh, I knew some people that worked with you, um, and I got to know you through then. And then um, I met Greg. Um, I, I think we met. They met me at the gym. Greg, where where were you meet? <laughs> I don't know. I believe we actually met. Um, uh, I joined. Uh, to I joined with. High Rock in 2014 with the intention of launching Warehouse Cinemas, but the the following years was largely on High Rock and Lattersburg Cinemas and stuff that some stuff they had going on. So I believe I met you in and out of there. Um, you came and talked to Peter and and Melissa a few times, I believe. So yes, uh, kind of hard to admit. We got a big laugh and big personality. So well, uh, sometimes that's sometimes that gets me in trouble. I could just be in trouble. Yeah, because sometimes I want to go under the radar, but it's not easy to do. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not that's not possible for you, Chad. No, <laughs> so okay, so so I remember. So let's start at the beginning. So um, there's a historic theater, movie theater in in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. It's called the uh, Lightersburg Cinemas. So and um, you had a crazy idea that you're going to buy this cinema and you were going to. Uh, you're going to take it to the next level. So let's start there. So what year was it when you first, uh, when you first decided that you were going to acquire this this historic theater? Oh, uh, yeah. So going back to 2008, I believe, late 2008, there was an auction planned at uh, Lightersburg Cinemas, um, where the current operator, the owner of the property, the the, the real estate itself, and the operator uh, was looking to sell the business. So 
uh, we showed up and uh, no one bid on it. I think that was late 2018. And then uh, since then, we sort of started kicking it around. Like, what if, you know, 2019 and probably halfway halfway through 2019, it became uh, a little bit more of a reality. We I think we signed a lease at that point, a little bit of a, a back and forth for probably nine months or so. But then uh, we ended up opening in uh, 2010. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, back when we had... Uh, film reels we didn't have digital pictures back then it was film reels i had no idea what we were doing but uh thought we could turn the cinema around and uh thankfully after a few years it started to turn around so what were people saying when you were kicking around the idea of buying this theater that's actually a good question for greg because greg tells the story that he drove by one day when we first opened and said whoever's doing that would how'd you say it greg whoever is opening uh, Leidersburg Cinemas is crazy or something like that? Well, it's a family show, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, clean it up a little bit. Well, I drove, I said, my theater was about five minutes from my house, and this was about four years before I joined, um, joined with High Rock to do Warehouse Cinemas. But I drove by and I thought, man, these guys are crazy. I mean, like, why would you take that on? It was, it was a 10 plex in the middle of a cornfield that had a terrible reputation for being clean and not playing good product. I mean, they just, they were, it was just a, a typical, you know, um, country movie theater. So I knew Rich uh, from the business community locally. I was involved in different business at the time. And I, I really, really questioned what he, what he was thinking with this thing. So, <laughs> so what were, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, Rich. No, I think, Chad, I think that, that sums up what most people thought. <laughs> it was like, oh, like good, good luck with that. <laughs> And it was, it was a crazy, crazy venture. Again, we had no idea what we were doing, but um, I don't know there was something about that, you know, Western Maryland, Hagerstown, where there, there's, there isn't frankly a lot to do from an entertainment perspective. And um, we thought maybe if we could turn it around and make it more experiential and, and um, you know, value, but still very high quality and things like that, that became our foundation uh, that people would show up to the movies again. So, well, in case, um, people are listening outside of Western Maryland. Um, to my one Russian listener, I have a Russian listener out there. One Russian guy is out there listening right now. So, in case you don't know about um, Hagerstown, the the Lattersburg Cinema, it's not easy to get to. <laughs> so it's not like you can just take a bus downtown and go watch a movie. It is literally like Greg said, in the middle of a middle of a cornfield. <laughs> on the outskirts of town. So uh, now when you took this on, what was the first thing that you thought that uh, that you were going to do, Rich, when you took this theater on? Like, uh, you, 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 like what was the action plan? Because I know you're a very systematic guy. Like, So what was the action plan that you were going to take this theater in the middle of nowhere and make it something special? Well, we had to we had to renovate. I mean, we always used to describe the bathrooms back then to be like um, their own horror movie because like the lights were flickering, they were dark, they were they were dirty. Um, so we knew we had to spend money on the renovation side of it. We knew we had to improve the actual product side of marketing. Um, and not knowing it, but we wanted to also improve the experience and have a, a differentiating um, uh, advantage over across town. A, a, a major player, who, by the way, has uh, you know, sixteen screens and IMAX and all the all the bells and whistles. Well, this is a ten screen and built a cornfield. So, the first thing we do, we knew we had to spend some money. The challenge is it's very expensive, and uh, banks aren't 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 a hundred percent ready to just throw a bunch of money into a cinema that has been declining for a long time. Um, so we do what we could. We painted, we, um, fixed up the bathrooms. We, you know, got all the lights working. Um, and I, I would say that the, probably the most impactful thing we did was we took two auditoriums day one, uh, went out and find, le found leather recliners. Um, and we, we, re we renovated two auditoriums to be what we called VIP theaters. Um, and that was back in 2010 before a lot of the industry had started doing that. There were some tests going on with AMC and some other majors. Um, but we quickly found out that those auditoriums, once you experience a leather recliner versus a traditional cinema seat, um, it was one of the main pieces that we wanted to do. So from there, we layered in um, the, you know, the marketing experience side. We started doing dinner and a movie in those in those same auditoriums, the VIP auditoriums. And, um, you know, over time, people started to recognize that this is actually a pretty cool, affordable way to, uh, to, to get entertainment. And um, so it was those three things, really.
Cool. Now, um, I remember when I used to go to the um, Lifehouse Church at the cinema. I don't you, that was a unique thing as well. I had never seen a church operate outside of a movie theater. I'm a boy in, inside. How did, how did you come to make that connection? And uh, because that was key to their growth. They're one of the largest uh, churches uh, in Western Maryland now. And I think that was crucial for them. So how did that partnership happen? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was a bit rocky at first. Um, you know, I think when when uh, when Lifehouse uh, had an option to buy the property and then we started doing due diligence post um, the cinema, um, investing some money in the actual operation of the cinema, that building needed a tremendous amount of money put into it. So the fundraising that happened on the Lifehouse side was enough to do some things, but not nearly enough to really turn the facility around. Meaning, like, like just getting HVAC working. I mean, there was some big, heavy uh, uh, capex things that needed to happen. So, um, we ended up taking point on the project at some point in the process, and then essentially the same um, the same rate that we had offered originally in the original even verbal agreements. We just will let them have that same rate. So they they basically rented it out. Um, uh, on, a, on a monthly basis, every Sunday they would come in from, I think it was whatever, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then we wouldn't show movies on Sunday until, until 1 p.m. Um, it was a creative way to, to pull it off. Um, and you're right. I think um, as, as the cinema ended up uh, elevating and, and growing in its um, exposure and revenue and awareness, I think Lifehouse benefited from that and then vice versa. I mean, Lifehouse folks came in as well and um, we had sort of a, we, we brought life, both, both Leitersburg cinemas, um, and Lifehouse, uh, church brought life to that facility in the middle of nowhere. And I think that helped us both, uh, grow organizations. So fast forward. So, um, I remember it got resold. So what year was it that you, that you resold the theater? Um, yeah, so it was... I think it was late 2018, uh, maybe early 2019, where we, we got approached and we did, weren't seeking this from an outfit that was rolling up independent cinemas around the East Coast and was looking to, to acquire uh, locations to, to scale. And so uh, we negotiated, I mean, all the way through to the end of 2019. I think closing was like end of November or something like that. Uh, but it was scheduled for May and then June and July. And we was, you know. Uh, the deal took a while to get together. So at the end of 2019 is when officially we sold it to a company uh, called New Vision Theater, and then New Vision ran it um, until the pandemic. Yeah, and I remember I was so surprised when it changed hands. I was like, oh, no, because I associated I associated you and I associated um, High Rock with the theater, and I was like, I almost took it personally. I'm yeah. like, man, that's <laughs> Fair. I hurt my feelings. Yeah, it's fair. So, so, so then we go for so, the, the, so they get sold, and then now, Greg. Now, at what point, what point did you guys connect with this concept? Because now, now clearly, Rich has the cinema bug, right? So now he sees it beyond Lavishburg Cinema. So, at what point did you guys connect and uh, really develop this concept of warehouse cinemas? So Rich first approached me in um, early 2014 about coming on board. I left a different business venture in um, in Hagerstown in 2000, in the end of 2013. And Rich approached me. I was on my way out of town. I was already shopping for houses and heading back down to Carolina. Um, Rich approached me in uh, early 14 and said, I've got this business idea. And I knew he ran Lightersburg. I knew he had um, a high rock. So my response was, yeah, well, it better be good. I'll see you. I'll see you Thursday night, right? Went over to the pal. Um, had a beer or two and he laid out this idea and part of his part of his pitch he laid out a mood board that has pictures of all sorts of cool stuff and he showed me some preliminary numbers for um for Leitersburg and he said we've grown it from 60,000 to I think it was roughly 150-ish at that time 150,000 people a year from 6,000 to about 150,000 people a year and I did some quick math and it seemed you know pretty kosher at the time um but then he said, I'm going to call it warehouse cinemas. I think we need to go out there and take over warehouses and put movie theaters in. I said, well, this might, this might work. So um, over the next weekend, I put some numbers together, came back, and I, I told Sarah, I said, I don't think, my wife, I told her, I said, I don't think we're leaving Hagerstown. I've got this business opportunity. So that was in 14. 
Um, the idea evolved between 2014, where I, I came on board and basically ran the theater side. I, that idea evolved from 2014 all the way through 2019. The sale of Leidersburg, I think actually, was, I believe it was the end of, end of 18, because we started construction on Frederick to the end of 19. Okay. Uh, but the uh, the sale of Leidersburg in 2018 um, was kind of the, the the jumping off point where uh, you could Hyrock Rock could reinvest into warehouse cinemas, and that provided our opportunity to to launch warehouse in 2019. But um, warehouse cinemas ultimately is the like blank slate output of five years of really intense operations of Leidersburg cinemas, really trying to figure out what worked, what didn't not bootstrapping your way up, make little improvements along the way. But what did people really like? What do they want? And what was the end result? At that point, so again, remember, High Rock took over Warehouse Cinemas with roughly 60,000 people a year. That was their attendance. I came on around 150,000 or so in 2014. By 2018, when it was sold, well, we were doing just shy of 370,000 people a year. So to give you some idea of growth and scale, by that point, we knew what worked. Um, so warehouse cinemas was that final opportunity or that first opportunity to just take a blank slate and launch with everything we learned from Lightersburg. And that was 2019. I think that is the, that is the biggest thing that I hear most commonly when I talk to you guys about the business is you guys run everything, um, like writing your real houses, like, uh, uh, Rich has the big vision. And, and it seems like, you know, and you keep everything in perspective. I, I, I like your partnership because, uh, Greg's the numbers guy. Greg knows the numbers inside and out, you know, Rich is like, here's what I want to do. How can we do it? Greg's like, well, <laughs> let's do the math. <laughs> or, someone says no. And then let me see. What's that? You said he says no. And then he says, oh, what's that? He, he normally says, I don't think it's going to work. Let me do the numbers first. So you, you automatically say, <laughs> uh, probably not, but I'll see. You know, so, no, it's, you're, you're right, though. It's a good balance, for sure. Yeah, I dig it. And I think that is a lot of what is missing with a lot of quote-unquote startups. I think there's a lot of a lot of dreams and a lot of um, emotions to it, but I don't think people really take time to really look up the numbers enough. Like, will this work financially? Like, what is the, uh, what the numbers say? You know what I mean? So I think uh, I really respect that from what I hear from you guys. Uh, and, and vice versa. In all fairness, there's a lot of people out there that have an idea, but overthink it. Mm. I tends to want 90% of the information before I'm going to make a really informed decision. Rich wants just like 30% and somewhere in the middle is the, is the right call. Right. Uh, and it's that, it's that, uh, critical thought mixed with the, the, um, the vision, the ability to see what's coming and just make a jump that matters. That's right. Right in left lane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, um, now you've got three locations. Right now, you've got one in Baltimore, your newest location. You've got Frederick. So when you were when you were deciding on where you're going to launch this this new warehouse concept, why Frederick, Maryland? Uh, we have a pretty disciplined approach to market analysis now, but back then, um, Frederick we felt was very similar to our success in Hagerstown was a small independent player ourselves in Lightersburg slash warehouse um, against a major player. Um, and then in Frederick, it was just one major player and it was still about 35 minutes away. And so we liked that sort of call it secondary or tertiary market. We knew we didn't want to go into a big city to start, um, because we knew the smaller cities, um, you know, 150 plus thousand population, good disposable income, things like that. Um, but honestly, we looked in Frederick for a long time and couldn't find anything. We had some new build opportunities, some land. We had some people that were going to fund that. But those, the, the overhead of those projects become just just a massive overhead that you pay on a monthly basis back back to the landlord or the developer. And so we actually were flying back from a trade event from LA, and um, I got an email that 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 said that there's an abandoned cinema in the Fredericktown Mall. Uh, maybe you guys should consider that. And we just, for some reason, never knew that was there. And we just 
I guess it was the mall or something. Have you ever thought it had been closed for 10 years? Right. So, um, when we found that out, we, we flew in on, I think it was a Friday. We drove back down on a Saturday, walked, walked the facility and we're like, it was the bones of a 10 screen movie theater and the, it was an abandoned mall. So we had to get, we had to overcome that. Um, but I think, I think Frederick to answer your question was a good distance from our, from where we lived, you know, as family guys, we didn't want to, you know, go fly across the country to, to open our first cinema. So it was close. Uh, the, the, the demos worked well. Um, and it was the bones of an existing cinema that we could get at a price that we thought if we put a lot of money into it, uh, we could still have a, an overhead that made sense for our model. So who did you work with on the design of the theaters? Like if you guys haven't seen, you got to go to um, uh, warehousecinemas.com. You got to check out the design, the whole branding. The branding is brilliant and it's beautiful. I love um, the industrial feel to it. I like the fact that you guys are using repurposed um, uh, uh, cargo, what are they called? Cargo boxes? What are they called? Containers. Shipping containers. Yeah, shipping containers. I love it. I mean, the look is so unique and it's so cool. Like, how'd you, who'd you work with to come up with that branding? Well, that was part of my original mood board that I showed Greg. Oh, <laughs> no. So, I mean, I think the, the, the intent was, and like, if you think about a cinema, at least over the last 20 or 30 years, a lot of neon lights, red and blue and you know, but it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's gaudy, it's out there. Um, what I was drawn to personally is more of like a modern industrial feel where like you felt like you were going to a brewery or a winery or distillery and like you're hanging out with friends, not this like sort of turnstile, you know, real glamorous thing. It felt, it felt old school to me. So hmm. we just wanted to sort of flip the script and, and do something a little bit different. So the sea containers were came out of the idea of modern industrial as our design. And as we worked with the interior designers and the architects and uh, and even High Rock at some level for 3D renderings and things like that, we honed in on this on this style um, and then repurposed things like like sea containers to uh, even put an exclamation point on some of those things. Well, it's, it's pretty brilliant and it's very unique. Um, and it gives you, you know, you would never think that this was a three theater chain. You would think it was like some large, uh, some large um, um, an international uh, cinema brand. Uh, so it's, I, um, I also love the beer garden. I love the fact that you can go in there, you can go get some mixed drinks, go get you a couple of cocktails, you know, while you're there, get you some good food. Uh, the pretzels are great. I like it. I like it. The, the chicken sandwiches. Uh, so um, one thing, when I was a gym owner, one thing that I focused on that I could see a lot of what you guys are doing is I, I always wanted my gym to be people third place, you know, so they go to work, they go home, then they come to the gym and it's not just transactional. You don't just come work out and roll out like you do at most other gyms. You don't be you come in, you socialize, you know, you come, these are your friends. These are, this is like your second family. And I can see a lot of that with the way that you've designed your theaters. Like, it's not just to go see a movie. Like you made it a full experience. You can come get a meal. You can come have a couple of drinks. So what was that what you were going for when you first uh, designed the, the theaters? Yeah. yeah. Good. Great. <laughs> you touched on a couple of things that we talk about all the time. Um, a, a strong brand that associates with an experience instead of just a product, right? Like one of the things I used to joke about is I'd say you walk out one of the major exhibitor, you turn around, you have, if you, if someone asked you, which were you at AMC Regal, you'd have to turn around, look at the sign because they're all very generic. They're all, it's just an experience to go and just see the movie. Um, so we definitely want to embrace that side of it, whether it's a beer garden or the great customer service or the brand or whatever it is. Um, that was a big piece of it for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say too, um, Chad, that the, Food and beverage side was something that we we thought long and hard about and debated. I mean, if you remember, if people from Hagerstown listening to this, like we actually opened a restaurant to try to figure it out because I'm not smart enough to do the analysis. I just right. kick for a while. So we opened the thing about warehouse tap room, and we're like, what is high margin, quick to make, um, you know, still affordable? We didn't want to serve crab cakes and salmon in the cinema because it just we didn't want to be a restaurant necessarily, but we knew that that was a important part of that experiential side. So when you go out to the cinema, 
what does the food and beverage look like? And so we landed on a fast casual model, which is you order your food at the concession or the bar, and then you 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 actually pick it up and take it into the auditorium, as opposed to ordering from your seat or and getting served to your seat, which which is a, a concept that others use. Um, so I always say that we're some we have a we're in the sweet spot of that thing, of that of that of that model where it's like not necessarily traditional just popcorn and candy, but it's also not the high end dining experience. It's the it's the sweet spot in between that really resonates. But but our flavor profiles still have to be good. It still has to be fairly creative. We can't just sling, you know, um, uh, frozen pizza and and chicken fingers, right? So we we had to elevate our menu to the point where we said this is a really cool flavor profile of a grilled cheese, and and then you know do some flatbread pizzas and hot dogs and things like that. So uh, that's. I think what been one of the keys to our success and driving people back to the cinema um, is is the fact that they have food and beverage options. And great t-shirt too. <laughs> yeah, the apparel line is, you know, is uh, fantastic too. You got the hats and the t-shirts. I dig it, man. <laughs> so so what was so coming into this business, I know it can probably be a very corporate, very cutthroat business. So coming into this business as a new player, um, you know, what were some of the challenges that you guys met initially? Well, I always say, um, yeah, there are, there are challenges because it's a very consolidated industry first off. So we, we mentioned a few major players earlier. Um, it's, it's mostly the major players, and then it's a subset of about 20% of independent cinemas, So right? So you, you, you think of that 80% is really the consolidated, publicly traded companies, and then you have the independents, which is 20%. So with that becomes the dynamic of working with Hollywood, because independents like Leitersburg Cinemas back in the day or the new warehouse cinemas, um, you know, you have to develop relationships with Hollywood studios from the, from the Disney's to the Paramount's to the Lionsgate's to all around the board. So, but it's much, much easier for them to work with the major uh, chains out there because there's economy of scale to that. Right. So, so I think one of the biggest challenges was uh, availability, like proving ourselves as an independent that we're going to sell movie tickets and make it worth their while to give us certain films. Uh, Cause sometimes not everyone gets the films and, and you had to, so over the years, uh, I personally, because of my role at, at warehouse have tried to develop those relationships, tried to have conversations with Hollywood. Um, and thankfully we've overcome it for the most part. Um, but I would say that was probably the hardest piece, um, was just the Hollywood content and sort of making a name for ourselves. And, <laughs> and a, a perfect example is when you open a movie theater, not many people know this, you have to give, um, advances. You have to pay before you get the film advances on what you think you're going to do for a film, um, before you make a dollar. So the cash outlay on some of the bigger films, you know, it's thousands upon thousands of dollars per film. And you have 10 screen. Yeah. Or ten the cash flow perspective, like we just we just sent out whatever twenty thousand dollars, right? And yeah. not a dime yet. And so they do that because, you know, uh, you know, they're they want to make sure that they get paid, so they put that advance on the front end. That's that happens for a solid twelve to eighteen months when you open a cinema. <laughs> I think I've seen the same thing in the concert space where uh, you've got to pay the talent um, ahead of time before you sell one ticket. Yeah. Uh, so and then you add in your marketing costs. Um, you know, I, it, it, it can be pretty. I, I don't know how you sleep at night when you have an, an Avengers premiere. <laughs> coming out of that i can't imagine how much uh how much that will cost so you're flying out to hollywood you're talking to all these uh studio execs you know you know you're this this uh this guy from hagerstown you know flying out to hollywood to go meet all these studio execs like uh how did how did you guys how did you guys make them take you seriously oh, that's a good question um all right <laughs> we perform not to be not to be obtuse about it but um after a, after a few months of of a film with each each distributor over time we developed a bit of a reputation for kind of punching above our weight mm. uh the market that we're in um at both frederick and Lidersburg, um we had this the majority of the market and we're playing against larger exhibitors with you know 60 percent more screens um, so we started getting noticed, uh, but it's still, it's still a relationship. You're still an independent, you're still a small guy. So, um, it's an ongoing conversation as Rich said, and Rich manages the relationships on the studio side. Um, but we have a booking agent that, um, that's on, that works on our behalf as well. So it took time. 
Yeah, but uh, to your point, Chad, it's um, I mean, to be honest, Hollywood's another world. And so, you know, you have these guys from Western Maryland who are like, we have some cool ideas about cinema. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm a marketing guy. <laughs> um, you do, like Greg said, you have to perform on the box office side of it for them to take you serious. But even when you do that, it, you still have to. It's it's like any business; it's relationships. So. Um, I personally have worked really hard to create a dialogue across all studio partners, uh, mostly on the marketing side, and have a chance to, to to go out to LA three or four times a year and actually sit down with these guys uh, and, and and talk about the, some of the challenges and things like that. But um, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that the the, um, the dialogue and sort of sharing our data, meaning when we do when we do a marketing strategy, for example, on film. I try to quickly within within a day or two after the first two weeks of that film send them back a report that said we were successful and sometimes or not and this is why and and that that dialogue back and forth that I think is unique in the industry and we um, marketing sort of background and uh, that has helped tremendously um, and so now it's like you know you pretty much I mean there's, honestly there's not a lot of people you need to know in Hollywood there's it's like it's like a Hagerstown Chamber of Commerce. Level like it's like three hundred people. I know that's wow. Leave, um, but you go out to LA and you meet with there's only you know seven or eight major studios, and then you meet with the small studios as well, and you know you start to develop those relationships. And again, it all comes back to performance. Like if you don't perform in the box office and you don't, then it doesn't matter. Um, but if some of the stuff you're doing is working, then um, then they take notice. So let's talk about going into Baltimore. Now you're in a major metropolitan area. Uh, you know, now you're like, okay, now we're ready. So how did you know you were ready to jump into to jump into that into that uh, shark pool? <laughs> did we know that? <laughs> now we always knew that 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 Baltimore was going to be. It's an urban area, right? So we have Hagerstown, middle of cornfield. We have Frederick in an abandoned mall, a, a tertiary market, Hagerstown, a secondary market, population-wise in Frederick. And then we jump in the middle of Baltimore City. So we always knew it was going to be different. Um, but, you know, we did our we did our analysis. The, the, the theater count in Baltimore is, is very low compared to other major cities. So we liked that, that we had seven screens, um, it happened to be a location that was the was the result of the pandemic, so it was a it was a fairly new facility. Um, so there, there wasn't a lot of at least building side of it, even though we did spend quite a bit of money re- uh, renovating it. Um, and so yeah, we jumped into the to the deep end of 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 that. And honestly, what we're learning and we're still learning today is um, it's a it's a it, the programming is different. The films we show that are going to be more popular in a, in a city are different from what's popular in, in Hagerstown or Frederick. Um, the marketing has to change. You have to change how you're reaching people in that in that area. Um, but, you know, still staying core to who we are as a business and our mission and all those things. But, um, yeah, I would say we're, what, four months in, four and a half months in, and it's we're still learning. Um, but we are making a tremendous amount of progress, and it's, 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 it's coming together for sure. Um, Greg, did I capture that challenge? Yes. Well, that, that sounds like pretty well. So, how's the numbers looking, Greg? <laughs> how's the numbers looking? <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Definitely If you think about it, both if you launch in Lydersburg or you launch in Frederick, everybody knows it's happening. I mean, yeah. it's it's big news in town, right? There's yeah. one of the movie theater, big news in town. There's so much going on in Baltimore; it's just noisy. Mm. So, I don't think we, I, I. At least from the pro forma, from the analysis side, I don't think we really accounted well enough for the ramp that's required to get that to get that knowledge out, to get those returning customers, to get the the first timers walking the door and realizing what we are and then coming back. Um, so it's been a it's 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 been a longer ramp than we anticipated, but aside from that, it's coming along. Okay, well, I, I've got to get down. I haven't been to uh, Baltimore in a while, but uh, there's a good reason to go. I need to see this new location. Yeah, man, you're a guest. Come on out. Yeah, and love it. it's actually a really neat location. I mean, it's seven screens, so we're used to having ten screens. So there's a, another challenge of limited, you know, mm. yeah, inventory for the films that are coming out. Um, but a cool design. We actually blew out one of the walls to have a, a tap room side to it, which we have our beer wall, like we have at other locations. 
and the cinema side. So we opened up two two spaces that happened to be available side by side. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a cool space. That's good stuff, man. So let's talk about the current state of of, of Hollywood, the the uh, uh, the film industry in general. So thirty thousand foot view. There's I know there's still some um, old school versus some new school and the future going on. You know, we've got streaming, uh, we've got traditional broadcast. So what's your overall take on the current state uh, of of the entertainment business in general? Well, I'll take it because this is where I think about all day, Chad. Um, I mentioned earlier on the call, or maybe before we start recording, uh, there's an organization called the Independent Cinema Alliance, um, and it represents about 5,200 screens in the country. So it's it's a it's a major organization, nonprofit organization that helps independents figure what you're, you're you're describing, figure some of those things out. So I happen to be currently the volunteer president of the organization. So I'm having a lot of these conversations at that macro level of the industry, uh, and then Greg's a part of the ICA marketplace. So what what we talk about is you know, the realities are that streaming uh, is available, uh, that, that that consumer behavior has changed at some level. But the reason Warehouse Cinemas is doubling down and looking to grow even beyond three locations, finding our fourth, fifth, sixth, and beyond location, is that I think there's still innate in, in all humans the, the need to connect with a community and connect with other people. So, so think about it in terms of like a restaurant, like people, like restaurants, when done well, uh, have it's busy. You can't you can't get in. It's crowded. You have a wait for a 30, 45 minutes. Well, you can still go get sometimes the same branded chicken wings or whatever it is at the grocery store and take it home, but you're by yourself, right? So so inherently, I think what we believe in is that people want out of home entertainment options. Um, they have to be on the value side. They have to be fairly affordable. Popcorn's always going to be expensive at the cinema because it's part of that model. <laughs> um, but the price point of the ticket could be cheaper on certain days, like we have $7 Tuesdays. And so all of that to say, um, I think when you when you listen to the consumer and you build a, a, the product side of your marketing that connects with that affordable entertainment option, then people show up and watch Hollywood movies more so than they did before. Um, so we feel good about it. Um, you know, uh, there's been studies done where people that stream lots of, um, uh, television series and things like that on, on, on major streamers also are the same ones that go to the movies more often as well. So they have an appetite for more entertainment. So it's not a, it, it doesn't, it, it's at a large level cannibalize, um, they don't cannibalize each other, if you will. Um, and then the big thing for us at, at the industry level is the the uh, exclusive theatrical window. So so getting making sure that we have some healthy window where you can only get Top Gun in a cinema, right? You can you can't stream it, what they call day and date, which is the same time you can get it on the, the major streamers. So that's a, a macro um, you know challenge we have as an industry to make sure that we have a healthy theatrical window. So that cinema, but uh, honestly, there's been lots of reports coming out of the pandemic and lots of tests during the pandemic that the P&Ls of these major um, publicly traded media companies are better when there's a theatrical at some level and then they get their downstream revenue in streaming. And so that's, for the most part, it's actually calibrated now in 2023. Um, but the last couple of years, there's been a lot of testing going on. Um, so we feel good about it um, for the long-term health of the industry. Yeah, I'd, I'd add a little bit on that. It's it's clear there's still a demand for movies in movie theaters, right? There's still there's there's it's clear there's demand for people to go and experience it, experience this on a big screen around a bunch of people in a social environment, and have a, a good experience delivered to you. Um, what Warehouse Cinemas has kind of opened the open door on a little bit is is that people are actually going to come out more if you're able to elevate the experience. So in each market we've gone to, what we've seen is a, a 20 plus percent increase in the number of people that are going out. When Fred, when we opened in, uh, when we opened Warehouse Cinemas in uh, in Hagerstown, we didn't just cannibalize the Regal. We didn't just cannibalize the big theater down the down the down the road. The market as a whole grew. Um, so as an industry, I think it's important that, and I think everyone re recognizes that we have to elevate our game a little bit, and it goes beyond just having 
a bar stuck in the corner of the lobby. You have to elevate the experience. And if the industry um, led by the ICA or led by a couple of large exhibitors is able to do that, um, there's nothing saying, there's no, there's no reason why um, exhibition can't flourish in the future rather than just thrive. So being that you guys are, uh, are heavily involved in this, um, in this organization, so what's the future for independent cinemas like Warehouse? Uh, do you see it? Is it, is it, going, is it growing? Um, or if it's not, like, what are you feeling can be done to help grow independent? Because me, just from a consumer standpoint, I can definitely see the advantages of, of independent cinemas. I can see it because, uh, like I said, I think you can create unique experiences. I've worked with large corporate gyms and I've, you know, owned my own gym and I've worked for smaller companies and the difference is like night and day. So I can imagine, um, the big wheels, they don't stop too quickly. So you, I think you can be more agile as an independent uh, owner, adjust to market changes more quickly. So I can see where that would be, um, uh, an appetizing prospect for independent owners is to uh, to be in that space, man. So, so where do you see the future um, in the near and long term for independent owners? I mean, I, I think I think you're right that independent cinemas have an opportunity. I mean, we've we've the publicly traded uh, companies, without naming any names, you know, have gone through bankruptcy recently. Have um, have major cash issues on the horizon uh, for their organizations. Um, independent cinemas, not that not that we don't have any issues, but um, we have the ability, I think, to um, we're more we're more nimble than the others. Like you said, you can't stop those 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 trains quickly. Um, and to me, the thing I speak about at trade events, you know, as recent as last week in in Dallas, is the opportunity to do this uh, on the marketing side. I think I I want to challenge the industry to, especially independents, uh, to figure out more and better ways to market the films at the local level. And I think when you do that, like we're doing organically or naturally at Warehouse Cinemas, that's that's just our our DNA. Um, I think there's an opportunity for for independent cinemas to do that better than anyone in the world, frankly. And I think when you when you start to um, uh, execute those marketing strategies and can and can bob and weave and 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 focus on a smaller film maybe that doesn't have the huge marketing budget like the Avengers might have. Um, you move the needle by by tens, twenty, thirty percent, if not more, um, of the potential box office for those strategies. So, um, I think independents have an amazing opportunity to do just that, and that's that's actually my role at the ICA, both on the on the studio relations side, but also on the marketing side. So. Um, that's what I get fired up about. So, additionally, I uh, independents generally have, uh, to your point, Chad, they're they're more nimble, and it's an easier um, easier task for them to form a relationship with the community. So, Watersburg mm. and Frederick are very tied in the community. Baltimore, Rotunda, we're becoming more tied in the community. It's hard to do that if you're a a large brand. Um, so, that's an advantage independents can leverage um, locally. Uh, a challenge. Large brands have um, easier access to capital. I mean, we're in a capital-intensive business. It's a yeah. it's a big leap to open that first that first theater. Um, so, independence had to be scrappy that way. So, well, me personally, I love going to the movies. I freaking love it. I and uh, I because for me, it's a it's it, it's um it's a throwback to my childhood when my cousin Carlton took me to. Um, the theater downtown. I can't remember what it was called now, but it was a theater downtown, a small theater downtown. Um, and we went and saw, uh, it was one of the Star Wars movies he took me when I was little. And, and that's still one of my favorite memories is when I went to the movies with my cousin Carlton. Mm-hmm. And he took me to all the Star Wars movies. Whenever it came out, we were going. And uh, we, we went to different movies together. And me it's special so when i go into the theater you know you have this huge screen you the sound is all around you especially with the new technology the new technologies are ridiculous with the way with the surround sound like you can't replicate that 
at home easily. Like you just can't without spending like tens of thousands of dollars to create your own theater in your home. You can't replicate that easily. Um, plus also being able just to take someone with you to the movies. Like it's an event. It, 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 it's a social event, especially because uh, I'm, I love Marvel movies. I love DC movies, any superhero movie I'm, I'm in. You know, because uh, again, I can't replicate that. I watch Netflix at home also. I watch my Netflix series. I watch my Prime movies. But, you know, I, I'll never stop going to the movies ever. Yeah. And I, I think, Chad, sometimes I'll start a presentation with what you basically described there, which I'll, I'll ask the, the group of business owners or even I will do it in bank presentations. <laughs> We're trying to convince them to give us money. Um, I'll, I'll ask them, what's, what's the last movie you saw? Right. And so think about that and whatever. And we'll go through the presentation at the end. I said, now I'll, I'll, we won't ask on the spot or I will come back at the end. So at the end, I'll ask them, now what, what movie? She? And it's surprising how many people don't remember what movie they saw last. Like they're like, ah, that movie. Cause it's sort of like between like Netflix and, and TV. And, you know, they went, you know, maybe over Christmas, whatever. But then the next question I asked them is, um, do, do, do you remember likely who you were with? And when you said Carlton, you actually had a a moment out of home entertainment experience with someone that you cared about in an auditorium with people from your community who are getting scared or excited or laughing all together, right? And so, so right. Those, those things speak to what we were talking about earlier, which was, I think the the DNA as humans, like we need human interaction, we need people to. Uh, experience life with and so oftentimes people it'll 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 click with them they'll go oh that's why movie theaters matter is because you can take your significant other you can take your cousin you can take your best friend you can take your kids for the first movie in an all in a a movie theater and um, those are the moments worth remembering which is our mission um, that we that we hone in on and everything sort of drives from there i like that that might be the new tagline moments worth remembering Listen, I'll just take I'll just take uh I'll just take a a seven percent cut. That's all. Seven <laughs> percent cut. That's all I need. I'm not greedy. <laughs> if I see it pop up, listen, I I won't take legal action. Just 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 over clear. <laughs> listen, just just give me a golden ticket and we're and we're good to go. You know. So now now, now as far as the so what's next for you guys? So what's next for uh, Greg Mills and Rich Dautridge of Warehouse Cinemas? What's next without giving up trade secrets? We're in a really good place with the business. Um, we've got three operating locations. We've got an, an exceptional leadership team. We really do. Um, the site leadership, is it, it's just, it's taking us a while to hone into our, our styles and how we operate. But we got three locations. One of them we consider to be a remote location. Um, we're building the foundation of the business. We know how to run a movie theater. The question is, how do you run 10, 15, 20 movie theaters? That's what we're doing right now. We're building the foundation for growth. Uh, we're taking our time looking for the next opportunities, but scale is definitely in front of where else it is. Yeah, and what we often talk about, Chad, is uh, we're very patient as well. We're not, um, we're, we're disciplined on finding locations, um, whether it's in a secondary, tertiary, or primary market that we believe we can apply the, the warehouse cinemas model and be as successful. We don't want to scale uh, for, for sake of a portfolio or just to ramp up screens and, and whatever. We actually want each location to fit the model because one of the unique things we do is we have four full-time benefit you know managers at each location not to mention mm-hmm. supervisors and that that we believe that model works to serve the consumer the best right so there has to be a revenue level to that that we can capture that that justifies that 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 labor right um and so i think we're extremely disciplined and, and if that means that a year or two from now we open our fourth location that's fine if that means three years that's fine too if it's six months from now we're ready as well right so i think we're i think we're ready to capitalize on four five and six but with a with a really really um i think clear vision of where we want to go and the discipline associated with that great um i'm excited to see it and i like what you said about being intentional with your growth, I think a lot of businesses can take a, just a lot of lesson in that and just being intentional with your growth, not growth for growth's sake, but growth when it means something, 
you know. Uh, so I really respect that you said that as well. You could just write a whole, a whole book on that, on building a business with intention and with purpose. And uh, I respect you guys. I love watching your growth. Um, I've learned a lot from you. Uh, you might not know it, but I learned, I learned a lot from you guys as our growth and development. And uh, I I was at, if you recall, I was at the talk you did, Rich, at the Hagerstown Startup Week. And it was a great talk. Uh, that's a great book, by the way, uh, that... Um, I got so many books at that event. It was crazy. I got um, I got that book. I got um, Bob Jones's book. So I'm all booked up for the next time for, for for the year. I think just off that one event, you know. But I wish you guys the best of luck, and um, I'm looking forward to coming to your Baltimore location soon, man. You know, I gotta go see uh, the Equalizer Three. That's right. You know, so if people want to get more information about you, your business, uh, where should they go to find you? I always, I typically get Greg's TikTok handle at this point in the podcast. So <laughs> Greg's TikTok handle is at Gregory Mills. Um, he posts twice a day now. Uh, so really, the, the website is warehousecinemas.com. Um, all of our social channels are linked from there. You can go to each location from the website, see photos of the locations. Um, and then you can find us both on LinkedIn. That's honestly from a, from a, a B2B perspective. That's um, that's where I spend most of my time. Um, yeah. All right. Cool, man. And listen, if you go to the Warehouse Cinemas website and you enter promo code uh, Chad W Smith, you will get you will get you will get free ice for your for whatever drink you choose. Nice. Ice is, ice is on me, guys. Enter Chad W. Smith uh, as a promo code. You get free ice. Free cold. Listen, <laughs> free ice and, an, and, and a napkin. And free refills, too, as Greg just said. Yeah, yeah seriously, Chad. Uh, all of our drink sizes and popcorn sizes are free refills, so um, part of that value model for us. So. so you can't beat that. I love free. <laughs> Well, you guys go about your day. I appreciate you. Love you guys. And uh, and as for the rest of you, thanks for tuning in today. You know I always appreciate your attention. You could be anywhere in the world, but you chose to be right here with me today. So uh, go ahead and uh, like the podcast, review the podcast with no less than five stars, and also send it to all your friends and family who uh, want to get their daily dose of inspiration, motivation, and education. And until next time, get out there, live your life, love your people, and always hustle hard. Peace. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way.